Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You beloved are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, my brothers and sisters, let us open up today's podcast with a prayer. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, hallowed be thy holy, righteous, just name. We give you glory and thanks for today. We ask for wisdom, Father. I ask for clarity of mind. Show us through your Holy Spirit your way and your truth. Because, Father, as we will see from today's exhortation and lesson that rejecting your one and only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, will cost us our souls. Oh, Father, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. Strengthen us as we enter through these last dark, evil days. Judgment is coming. And those who have named the name of Christ as their Lord, may we all depart from iniquity. Bless your holy name, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, beloved. Listen, there will be absolutely no excuse on judgment day on the day that the Lord Jesus Christ judges the inhabited world in righteousness he will have no mercy and will throw those whose names are not found in his book of life in that lake of fire humanity by and large, who love their sin more 
rejects the only one that could have saved them. And his children are not getting away either. The Lord has said, I knew them in their mother's womb. I called them out, but they soon returned back to the vomit, right back in shackles again. They are slaves to sin when I have already set them free. They went back into bondage willingly. Willingly did they choose to disobey my very commands. Wayward children are disobedient, difficult, and obstinate. I don't want to judge them, but I will and will have no mercy in doing so because they had my word, daughter. And they, in a decisive act, chose to disobey my very word that brought them out of bondage. Woe, woe, woe for the obstinate and rebellious ones. Woe, woe, woe. Thus saith the Lord. Amen. That's a word the Lord gave me, I believe, yesterday. This is so not the time to be playing around in sin, claiming, professing, confessing that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. And yet, some of you who are actually born again, have gone wayward. He ain't playing with us either. So listen, my brothers and sisters, my heart is heavy because many are being called out of their body suits having served and worshipped a false god and now they enter eternity as a Christ-rejecting idolator. They chose another god over the only true and living god that could have saved their souls from damnation and everlasting destruction. They chose the things in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life oh beloved they chose the things in the world and served the God of this present evil de degenerate debauched debased world Listen, if we choose to reject Jesus by default, we accept Satan. There is no middle ground. There is no youth staying out of the way. There are only two kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. 
And if you are in the kingdom of God, beloved, we are commanded to live holy, righteous, godly lives. Because many keep believing the false doctrine of eternal security. Show me in the Bible that we can still disobey God and have our eternal, what, destination, which is what, the kingdom of God completely secured anyway? Because, see, I'm not talking about Yes, Holy Spirit, I'm not talking about the precious promises that we have been given by the Lord Jesus Christ. That when we remain faithful until the end, he shall give us the promise of eternal life. But if you fall for the okie doke that you are saved and put a period for life no matter how you live you're gonna be in for a rude awakening beloved <clears throat> i'm here as a testifying witness of the lord jesus christ mercy and compassion you cannot live a life of disobedience and still make it into the kingdom Anyway, you're not secured. I know many don't want to hear nothing about conditions on salvation. It's a free gift. We can't lose it. Nothing we can do that will ever separate us from Jesus. Meanwhile, you're not obeying Jesus. And that's the problem. Wayward children being obstinate, rebellious, and stiff-necked. Listen, okay? Salvation is the end of our faith. If we, listen, if we are walking in obedience, we are in a saved condition. But we are not actually we are not actually saved until we stand before the great judge and hear well done well done listen hebrews 3:14 for we are made partakers of christ if see if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. So, I don't know. Huh. I do know. So, I'm really asking a rhetorical question. Why would anyone who has the scriptures right before them can even agree with anyone with the high-sounding nonsense that once you open up your mouth and make a confession for Jesus and you invite him into your heart, it's a done deal. All you have to do is just believe, believe, believe. But what about 
obedience. Walking godly, keeping ourselves pure like the Bible tells us to do. Well, Cynthia, that's legalism. Really? I bet it is. Because those who walk in disobedience, you start teaching and preaching and exhorting on living clean and holy. They think that's part of the law of Moses. Because you see, that's what legalism that's what legalism is the teaching on holiness and righteousness is not legalism those who don't want to live clean and holy and still get to go to heaven they will quickly shout legalism that's a work it's nothing we can do to earn our salvation. Well, I agree because the Bible tells us exactly that. The Bible also tells us now that we are in Christ, we go and sin no more. Oh, beloved, I'm coming on strong today because we have an epic no. A pandemic, yes, a pandemic of biblical proportions. You got men and women, especially in these pulpits, who have been called to be a bishop, a prophet, a pastor, a teacher, and yet they are in willful, blatant, deliberate sin. And all they want to talk about is the blessings of God. How God wants you to be rich and fulfilled. And just live out your calling. But what about repentance? Hell the lake of fire where's the other counsel of god because as long as they can stand before you in their gucci prada chanel driving all of their lamborghinis and and teslas and rolls royces they are putting forth before your very eyes the pride of life and that's sin Oh, beloved, listen. Matthew 10, 22. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ is telling us who shall be saved. Nowhere in these scriptures we will see today that one is completely saved on this side of glory and you ain't got nothing to worry about. Now, if you are living clean and holy, then we are striving daily to live a life that is not cultivated by sin. It is not characterized by sin. It's a, it's a difference because 
I'm not talking about sinless perfection. Perfection. I'm talking about what Christ told us. He said, listen up. In order to be my disciple, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow him. We can't serve two masters. He says we are to count the cost before we follow him. Because anyone that puts their hand to the plow and looks back, well, Jesus says you are not worthy of him. You ain't fit for the kingdom. So, Matthew 24, 13. But he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. Amen. Uh, Mark 13, 13. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. Amen. 1 Peter 1, 9. Receiving the end of your faith, which is what? Even the salvation of your souls. Amen. Yes, Holy Spirit. It is a reason that Christ Jesus is encouraging us, exhorting us, warning us, directing us, instructing us to remain faithful until the end. The end of what? Either when you draw your last breath or he returns. In either case, we will all stand before Jesus Christ to give an account whether you are a saint or a sinner. Oh, beloved, when we who follow Jesus stand before him, it won't be to give an account for sins, but how did we live this born again life? What did we do with the gifts, the callings, talents he has given us? Did we take what he freely gave us and give it to the world so so that we can have the rising of our name as the bishop the prophet beloved all that we do for Christ will also be tried by fire that's right beloved our works will be tried by the fire but listen, Christ Jesus, once you get to know the real Jesus Christ, he is loving kindness, compassionate. He is the friend you wish you always had. had. And not only that, but he is God, holy, righteous God, who willingly went to the cross and laid down his life for humanity, knowing that humanity will reject him. But he also did it for those who would not, but say yes 
Yes, Lord, I confess you right. I am a sinner and I need to be saved. He died for the sinful so that we don't face God's wrath. And going forward in Christ, we sin no more. Living a life that is appreciative of our salvation. Jesus says, Lord Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. The invitation still stands. And for those who outright reject this invitation, woe. Woe to you because judgment is coming. Listen in. Listen to what the Lord Jesus says over here in Matthew 11. Because again, don't forget what we're talking about today. We are talking about, let me pull up the title. Rejecting Jesus will cost you your very soul. And he is pronouncing judgment over here in Matthew 11 starting in verse uh, 20 on the unrepenting cities listen then he began to denounce the people in the cities in which most of his miracles were done because they did not repent and change their hearts and lives whoa Judgment is coming to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bessadia. For if the miracles done in you have been done in Tyre or Tyre and Sidon, cities of the Gentiles, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Their hearts would have been changed and they would have expressed sorrow for their sin and rebellion against God. Nevertheless, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the pagan cities of Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. Oh, beloved, this is telling us there will be different different degrees of punishment. Oh, beloved, mm -mm. listen, verse 23, Matthew 11. And you, Capernaum, are you to be exalted to heaven for your ap apathy and unresponsiveness? You will descend to Hades, the realm of the dead. For if the miracles done in you have been done in Sodom, and beloved, we all know from the scriptures just how wicked, evil, and vile Sodom and Gomorrah were. So, he's saying, for if the miracles, who, who he talking about? Capernaum. Mm-hmm. For if the miracles done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say to you, 
it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. Oh, beloved. This is what makes verse 25 just so hmm, wonderful. Because Christ understands, right? Especially when he walked the earth about the religious ones. The Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes, and elders. Although the nation of Israel had the covenant, those 613 laws of Moses, well, guess what? These religious hypocritical ones heaped upon the people even more burdens, even more commandments that didn't come from God. It was their traditions and commandments that were so burdensome because they they equated their man-made doctrines and traditions to be on the same level as the Word of God. Therefore, making the Word of God of none effect. And so, Christ Jesus, down here in verse 25, Matthew 11, at that time, Jesus said, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. I openly and joyfully acknowledge your great wisdom. Amen. That you have hidden these things, these spiritual truths from the wise and intelligent and revealed them to infants, to new believers, to those seeking God's will and purpose. Yes, Father, for this way was well-pleasing in your sight. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one fully knows and accurately understands the Son except the Father. And no one fully knows and accurately understands the Father except the Son. And anyone to whom the Son deliberately wills to reveal him. Amen. And here we come to verse 28. Christ Jesus says, come to me. To me. All who are weary and heavenly burdened. By what? Religious rituals that provide no peace. And I will give you rest. Refreshing your souls with salvation. Amen. Because beloved, there is, yes, Holy Spirit, there is no peace in religion. That's why Christ Jesus says to come to him and he will give us rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, following me as my disciple. For I am gentle and humble in heart. Yes, you are, Lord. And you will find rest, renewal, blessed, quiet for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and my burden is light. Amen. Oh, beloved. Listen. Okay. 
we need to understand from scripture what it means to reject Jesus Christ because he tells us in John 12 48 the one who rejects me and does not receive my words as a judge the word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day amen so if we take <laughs> our our little favorite as of late about adulterous remarriages now he has told us up and through and around the four gospels as well as in Romans and 1 Corinthians chapter 7 that if you divorce and remarry when you still have a living spouse you commit adultery and I don't care how many bishops, marries, prophets, and regular folk. When they have a living spouse, it doesn't make it right. You will have Jesus' word on this matter. And it will be that word that will judge you. Just like any sin. We have his word on the matter. That the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. And through Paul, we know the 17 works of the flesh. We know all the sins he lists in Colossians, Galatians, Romans. Um, what Christ talked about over there in Mark 7, 20 to 23, 24. So... Again, we are not without excuse. Listen, outside of Christ, there is no more sacrifice for sins. No one is coming to save you if you reject Jesus Christ. And again, I got to keep hammering this point. He ain't playing with his children because Hebrews 10, 26, and you have many that will twist this up to mean everything else. But what it is saying is talking to believers, not false converts, not outright sinners, those who are filled with his Holy Spirit, but are being rebellious. Just disobedient for what? Because you want to have the world as your oyster and Jesus too? Uh-uh. Because Hebrews 10, 26, for if we, we who, those in Christ, thank you, Holy Spirit, Go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth. Beloved, I'm here to break it to you. Guess what? Holy Spirit says a false convert did not receive the knowledge of the truth. Because if they had, then they would, they would have stayed. Mm-hmm. So, we know the writer or writers is not talking about a false convert. Because they 
have not received the knowledge of the truth and what truth they they were to obtain they gave it up so if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin and then it goes on to say well you know what our only expectation mm-hmm beloved I'm paraphrasing but it's not the kingdom no our expectation if we deliberately go on sinning after receiving the knowledge of the truth well our only expectation is fiery judgment yes God will absolutely deal with his enemies oh beloved listen we reject Christ Jesus he's going to reject us too don't believe me Matthew 10 but whoever denies me before men I will also deny before my father who is in heaven amen Luke 10 16 the one who hears you hears me and the one who rejects you rejects me and the one who rejects me him no the and the one who rejects me rejects him who sent me amen oh beloved many many deny that jesus is in fact the christ you're talking about the ultimate in rejection. Well, 1 John 2.22, who is the liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. This is the Antichrist. He who denies the Father and the Son. Yes, you are Antichrist. If you deny that Jesus is the Messiah. Oh, beloved. Listen. In Luke, right? Luke 17, 25. Because, see, beloved, all of this hatred toward the Lord Jesus Christ, it has been prophesied long ago. Even Isaiah in chapter 53 is all about the suffering servant. This was written 700 years before the Messiah showed up on the earth. 700 years. Listen. Luke 17:25, but he must but first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Amen. See, Isaiah 53, 5. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. As one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Amen. Oh, beloved. Mm-mm. We cannot believe every spirit 
every spirit preaching all of this false doctrine is going to lead us astray because first john 4 1 is telling us that many false prophets have gone out into the world oh and you see I'm looking at 2 Peter 3, 9. You, you talk about the compassion of the suffering servant. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should, should reach repentance. Oh, beloved. I can go on and on with these with these scriptures. So now, the question becomes, why? Why do people reject Jesus as their savior? Listen, I I don't have all the answers. I know over there in John 3, once we get past the wonderful scripture in verse 16, you got to look at 17, 18, and 19. The, re the reason, okay, because I'm going to give us four reasons. But from scripture, we, we also glean from the fact that Jesus said over there, John 3, 16 to 19, right, that... The world hates him because he exposes their sin for what it is. It is wicked and evil, detestable, abominable, vile. But they rather have their sin more. They don't come to the light. They hate the light, capital L, because Jesus says he is the light of the world. And the world, by and large, the vast majority, hates Jesus because he's holy and he's righteous. And this evil world is ran by Satan and Satan blinds the minds of those who are perishing. He hates Jesus Christ and he has come up with a plethora of false religions and doctrines to dispute who Jesus Christ truly is. Mm -mm -mm. Because I want to give us four reasons. Not that these are the only four. The decision to accept or reject Lord Jesus as Savior is the ultimate life decision. I just heard in my hearing today someone rejecting Jesus. Yeah, I, I think it's time to put this person away again. Anywho. So, as we know, there are perhaps as many different reasons for rejecting Christ as there are people who reject him. So, these four following reasons serve as general 
categories, right? Number one, some people do not think they even need a savior. These people consider themselves to be good, basically good people, and do not realize that they, like all people, are sinners who cannot come to God on their own terms. But Lord Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. John 14, 6. Listen, those who reject Christ Jesus will not be able to stand before God and successfully plead their own case on their own merits. See? Some people don't even think they need Jesus, but we all do. So number two, and again, these are general categories. Listen, number two of why some people reject Jesus is because of the fear of social rejection or persecution. This type of rejection of mere mortal mortals, it deters some people from receiving Christ as Savior. The unbelievers in John 12, 42 to 43, would not confess Christ because they were more concerned with their status among their peers than doing God's will. Mm -hmm. These were the Pharisees whose love of position and the esteem of others blinded them. It says, for they loved the approval of men rather than the approval of God. Amen. And this is why many reject Jesus. They, they don't go out and preach the gospel. They don't, they don't talk to anybody about Jesus. They just keep him, keep him to, to themselves because they fear rejection, persecution, and opposition. And some are just too afraid to even come to Christ because they know what's coming next hatred because Jesus told us you will be hated because of my name's sake so some come and don't talk about them at all and some they don't even come they don't even want the level of rejection that's that's coming my hand is raised I can attest he was right but you see, that's fine with me because I understand, just like you understand, beloved, what's at stake, eternity. Eternity only offers two destinations, not purgatory and most certainly not reincarnation. It's either that lake of fire or the kingdom of God. Okay, well, number three. Another category. For some people, the things that the present world has to offer are more appealing than eternal things. So this is why 
we read the story of such a man in Matthew 19 verses 16 to 23 because this man was not willing to lose his earthly possessions in order to gain an eternal relationship with the Lord Jesus. Oh, beloved. I'm looking at what's the 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. Listen. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Amen. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Beloved, you can't take it with you. Mm-mm. Because see, that rich young ruler had it all. Status, wealth, position, authority. He was a ruler. When Jesus told him to go and sell everything you have and then come and follow me, he couldn't do it. He was still attached to this world. He knew the law, but he wasn't willing to go all the way, sell everything he had because he obviously he had a lot of stuff, but he was still attached to this world. And those who are attached to this world don't want to give it all up and crucify themselves, deny themselves and pick up that cross and follow Jesus. They ain't doing it. Okay. Lastly, many people are simply resisting the Holy Spirit's attempt, attempts to draw them to faith in Christ. Stephen, a leader in the early church. Yeah, he was the first martyr. Uh-huh. A leader in the early church told those who were about to murder him by stoning. You stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears. You are just like your fathers. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes, you always resist the Holy Spirit. We see this in Acts 7.51. Beloved, listen. I'm going to give you some homework tonight. Go and read and study Acts chapter 7 because let me tell you this is the speech to end all speeches read what Stephen said listen Stephen gave it to them from A to Z and when he was finished they stoned him yeah so whatever the reasons why people reject Jesus their rejection has disastrous eternal consequences. Listen, Acts 4.12. There is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved than the name of Jesus. Amen, beloved. 
And listen, and those who reject him for whatever reason face an eternity in the outer darkness of hell will where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Oh, beloved, Matthew 25, 30, Jesus was giving us this parable. And look, verse 30, and cast the worthless servant into out of darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. Oh, Father, have mercy. Have mercy. Oh, beloved, again, Christ Jesus says, I am the way. Beloved, he is the only way. You're not getting to heaven. You're not going to inherit the kingdom of God by any other means. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Listen, he is eternal life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Again, John 14, 6. And those who reject Christ Jesus will not be able to stand before a holy God and successfully plead their own case on their own merits. It is foolish. That's right, I said it. It is foolish to reject Lord Jesus, it is foolish to reject Holy God, the creator of the heavens and the earth and all that dwells therein. It is foolish to think that as human beings, we can, in fact, live this life of sin with no consequence. It is foolish to even think that there will be no accountability whatsoever for wicked, malicious, debased, rebellious, neglectful, faithless, sinful, debauched, lustful, egregious, nasty, vile, horrendous, appalling, outrageous, scandalous behavior. For anyone who thinks so is deceived so let us turn a corner and find out what the bible says about fools oh proverbs tells us that a fool says in his heart there is no god so what the bible says about fool because a fool is someone who is unwise lacks sense and lacks judgment fools don't want to learn the truth no they don't these are they that laugh at the truth oh whew, i can't tell you how many times out in the highways the byways and the hedges when you bring the truth of god's word to a fool they will laugh you in your face and walk away and no doubt go to sleep at night and sleep like a newborn baby well no not not a newborn baby because they up all night but like a baby that has been fed 
dried, and put to bed. Yeah, sleep. So, these are they that laugh at the truth and turn their eyes away from the truth. Listen, fools are wise in their own eyes. Mm -mm -mm. Failing to take in wisdom and advice, which will be their downfall. These are they who suppress the truth by their unrighteousness. Oh, beloved, listen, if you thought that was bad, but they have wickedness in their hearts. They are lazy, proud, they slander others, and live in repeat foolishness. Listen, living in sin is fun for a fool. And guess what, beloved? We, all of us, was <clears throat> were right here at some point before we were drawn to Christ Jesus. We were living the life of a fool. Yes, living in sin is fun for a fool. It is not wise. To desire their company. Why? Because they will lead you down a dark path. 1 Corinthians 15.33 tells us. Do not be deceived. Bad company will corrupt your good morals. Listen. Fools rush into danger without wise preparation. And thinking about the consequences. Hmm. Scriptures, scripture keeps us from being foolish. But sadly, fools despise the word of God. Oh, beloved, we do not want this title of a fool to be counted among us. So let's look at some Bible verses about the fool. Proverbs 18, 2-3 Fools have no interest, interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. Mm -hmm. Proverbs 1, 5-7 Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Amen. You see, proverbs and chapter 1 opens up with telling us why we need to heed to these wise sayings. Because they will guide us and give us understanding into the thoughts and patterns of God. But a fool goes, no, I don't need that. I don't need that. Yes, you do. It says, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Okay. 
Proverbs 12, 15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Amen. Psalm 92, 5, 6. How great are your works, O Lord! Your thoughts are very deep. The stupid man cannot know. The fool cannot understand this. Oh, beloved, that's tragic. That's tragic. Because, see, a fool will get themselves in all kinds of trouble and then want to blame others. They can't understand it is because of their foolishness that once again, here they are. Here they are right back in the mess. Psalm 107, 17, some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. Amen. See, it's not everybody else. It's you playing the fool. Well, you don't understand what so-and-so did to me. Okay, so then why are you still messing with that individual? If you already know, this person means nothing but trouble for you. Because see, beloved, I had to learn that the hard way. Leave foolish people alone. Oh, Holy Spirit, help us. Help us. Help me. Glory be to God. So, Proverbs 1.22, fools, how long will you love being ignorant? How long will you make fun of wisdom? How long will you hate knowledge? Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. Still waiting for the answer. Oh, beloved, it's like 60 of these. Because Proverbs talks about the mouth of a fool. Mm-mm-mm. Look at this, Proverbs 10, 18 to 19. He that hideth hatred with lying lips, and he that utter a slander is a fool. In the multitude of words, there Wanting not sin, but he that refraining his lips is wise. Oh boy, lying lips are abomination to the Lord. See, that's Proverbs twelve twenty two. Yeah, I'm give you one more about what the Bible says about a fool, and and you know what? Yes, Holy Spirit. This is why it is wise for us to, you know, keep our eyes on the book of Proverbs. Yeah, it's filled with wisdom. Proverbs 29, 20, there is more hope for a fool than for someone who speaks without thinking. <laughs> yep. Oh, I got to give you Isaiah 32, 6. For the fool speaks folly, and his heart is busy with iniquity to practice ungodly, ungodliness, to utter error concerning the Lord, 
to leave the craving of the hungry unsatisfied and to deprive the thirsty of drink. Oh, beloved. Mm -mm -mm. So, for anyone who thinks holy God is playing, well, I got some scriptures for you. Warning of the wrath of God to come. So listen, I'm not going to give you all 10,000 of them, right? <laughs> but here are seven. Seven Bible verses about the wrath of God. That I hope we will all see how seriously, seriously, that God, our Heavenly Father, looks upon sin. Because I don't know how much longer these apostate churches are going to stay in business. Because for them, church is a business. Because God absolutely hates sin. And he hates the wicked. Yeah, I know. Listen, Romans 1.18. Romans 1. 18 for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth amen because see beloved in this society where we have many different people all kinds of ideas we have created a God in our own image after our own likeness and put forth this damnable doctrine that God is love and only love and would thus never punish sin. But the truth is that God will judge all who have never repented and trusted in Christ. The wrath of God still abides on all who have not yet believed on Christ. Amen. And just so we never forget, to believe means to be obeying and doing what the Lord Jesus commanded, and that is to abstain from all sexual immorality. Where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? I want to... Mm, mm, mm. I want to give us Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Oh, beloved, we are to abstain from every form of evil. That's 1 Thessalonians 5.22. Yep. Uh-huh. So, regardless of what the Supreme Court has ruled, well, God has overruled. We are to abstain from all sexual immorality, and that includes homosexuality, transgender, whatever else you want to call it. Because, see, man, without Christ, we were nothing but filthy, wretched, lying, lustful sinners. 
And what makes matters worse is when a filthy, wretched, lying, lustful sinner is in a position of authority. Thank you, Holy Spirit. To sanction the filth and the nastiness and the vileness and the detestable that God has deemed to be abominable. But these nasty, wretched, filthy, vile, detestable sinners say it's okay. It's okay that we can have a man dressed up as a woman in full satanic garb go into a school, sit down in the library, open up a book and read it to innocent, impressionable, beautiful souls whose consciences are not yet woke. They think, oh, this is something fun. No, it's not. It is an abomination. You're going to perish. You better repent. So, Proverbs four, Proverbs 11.4 Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. Amen. Beloved, listen to me. There is no amount of money to remove the wrath of God, but only the precious blood of the Lamb of God does this. No amount of good works will ever save us, and God sees even our best efforts at good works to save us as filthy, dirty rags. We see this in Isaiah 64 verse 4. Because many believe they are good people. I'm a good person. But the truth is not one is good. We see this in Romans 3, 10 to 12. And all fall short of God's glorious standards. We see this in Romans 3, 23. That's why Jesus says, repent. Or you too will all likewise perish. Luke 13, 3 to 5. And you will most certainly die in your sins. Listen, study John 8, 21 to 24. Yes, I'm giving us scriptures about the wrath of God. Psalm 2, verse 12. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Amen. Listen up, beloved. Okay, because um, mm -hmm, God's wrath is being stored up and, and kept. It is being held back by the damn of his mercy but someday perhaps soon his righteous wrath will burst the dam and his judgment will come flooding down upon all unrepentant sinners because God judges the righteous and God is angry with the wicked every day so say Psalm 7 11 amen so all of this high-sounding nonsense that how God loves the sinner but hates the sin. He never said that. It's nowhere in the Bible. Gandhi, Mahatma Gandhi, who was a devil worshiper, 
a Hindu devil worshiper who was anti-Christ. Well, he said that through one of his satanic teachings. So I don't know what God he was, was referring to. It's not this God because Psalm 711 tells us about our God. He judges the righteous. Okay? And he is angry with the wicked every day. I'm telling you, none of us is getting away with anything. And how comforting it is to one who is a hypocrite claiming Jesus is their Lord and Savior. Still rolling around habitually, perpetually, daily, constantly, consistently, persistently in sin and still believe they will go to heaven. Okay. Yeah. Well, God judges the righteous. Mm-hmm. And he's angry with the wicked every day. Every day. Listen. Oh. How on point now is Ephesians 5, 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Amen. Beloved, I cannot tell you about how there is no shortage of feel-good preachers out here today and they are deceiving many with empty words and these empty words are their messages like what hmm there is no hell there is no wrath god accepts all sin and condones human behavior but beloved they are deceiving themselves and deceiving many others yes they are the wrath of God will be more fierce on those who teach such lies and omit, omit from their pulpit messages like what? The need for repentance, the necessity of forgiveness, the cross, living a holy life and obeying God. See, they ain't talking about that. They only want to talk about blessings, houses, cars and lands a new man a new spouse eat drink and be merry for tomorrow we die oh beloved be not deceived romans 2 5 but because of your hard and impotent heart you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when god's righteous judgment will be revealed oh beloved he is storing up his wrath for the day of wrath and that day is coming as surely as the sun rises tomorrow and when that day comes it will be too late to beg for mercy for each man and woman will be judged according to their works and that culminates and the fierce wrath of God with unending torment. Revelation 20, 12 to 15. Let's read it. We haven't read it together in a while. Let's read it. I want to start at verse 10. 
Revelation 20, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Verse 12, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man according to their works. Verse 14, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Amen. Listen. Okay. Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Amen. So tell me again how God is not going to judge the world in righteousness according to your ways and the fruits of, what it says here? And according to the fruit of your doings. Mm -mm -mm. There will be some, no doubt, that hear this message and reject it. But they will never forget this warning. They're going to regret it forever. I pray it's not you, beloved. Because listen, this lake of fire is nothing to play with. Revelation 14, 10 through 11. He also will drink the wine of God's wrath. Because you see, to keep this in context, up there in verse 9, this is about when the, anti when the Antichrist rises to power and institutes that, yeah, initiates and institutes that mark of the beast. And this, I believe, is the third angel is telling the church who will still be on the earth to not take the mark of the beast. Who do you think the angel is talking to? Well, Cynthia... He's talking to those tribulation saints. No, he's not. That's Hollywood. Nowhere in scripture, in the book of Revelation, does it even talks about tribulation saints. What it does talk about is those who 
do not repent. So who is coming to Christ once the church is out of here? Because once his wrath comes on, they do not repent. See, beloved, all it takes for us, for us, is to read. Now listen, as a matter of fact, I want to take it to verse 12. Hold on. Listen, beloved, okay. For all of you who hold near and dear to a pre-trib rapture, well, that's false doctrine. I know you have all, just like I was taught, that the church will be out of here way before the Antichrist rises to power. Therefore, we won't suffer through any of the tribulation and the great tribulation. Mm-mm-mm. Listen, okay. Revelation 14, starting in verse 9, because <clears throat> John is telling us about the doom for worshipers of the beast. Then another angel, a third one, followed them, saying with a loud voice, Whoever worships the beast and his image and receives the mark of the beast on his forehead or on his hand, he too will have to drink of the wine of the wrath of God, mixed undiluted into the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and brimstone, which is what flaming sulfur in the presence, oh beloved, in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb, Christ Jesus. And verse 11, the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever and they have no rest day and night those who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name amen but look at verse 12 so verse 12 puts the kibosh on the whole false doctrine that the church will be raptured out of here I'm not saying there is no rapture. I'm saying that when the mark of the beast is instituted, wherever that falls in the timeline, well, we will still be here. Verse 12 is telling us we will still be here with these encouraging words. Listen, here is encouragement. Now, don't forget, the angel is telling us, do not take the mark of the beast. Because if we do, we too will incur God's wrath. We will be thrown in that lake of fire where the smoke of our torment will rise day and night. And there will be no relief. So here we are, verse 12. Here is encouragement for the steadfast and endurance of the saints. Well, Cynthia, that's tribulation, saints. No, it is not. If it was for tribulation, saints, it would say, well, for those who've, who've come to Christ Jesus during this time. 
Beloved, we cannot make the word of God say what we want it to say. That's isogesizing the scriptures. You are making it be what you believe it should say. Putting in your personal observations, feelings, and emotions. Listen to what it says. Here is encouragement for the steadfast endurance of the saints, God's people. Those who habitually keep God's commandments and their faith in Jesus. Amen. So, that's all I'm going to say about that. Because, beloved, listen and listen up. God's wrath is just as real as his mercy, love, and forgiveness is. But the wrath of God has been placed on his son for all who have repented, turned away from, and, and forsaken their sins. And then trusted in Christ. Listen, anyone that trusts in their own goodness will drink from the cup of the wrath of God full strength. And what a tragedy. Because they could have trusted in Christ and had that wrath removed from off from them. Oh, beloved. This is sad. This is sad. And sadly, most will not come to Christ Jesus, enduring until the end. When he said that, what enduring will we be enduring until the end? This tribulation. Oh, beloved, listen, all you got to do is be a student of the word of God. So that we are not deceived. Listen. In closing. Christ Jesus gives all of us two choices. There are only saints and ain'ts. Those who. <clears throat> listen. Those who haven't made a decision. Really have made a decision to reject Christ. For those on the fence must understand that the fence along with all unbelievers will be cast into the lake of fire. Study Revelation 21 verse 8. As a matter of fact, let us go to it. Because see, some of y'all think God is playing. I, I now understand he's not. Oh, he's not. Listen, we got to start it from verse I said, you know, sometimes my phone, I want to smack it. I want to start it at verse 7, okay, and take it to verse 8. Now, listen. He, this is Jesus speaking. Is it right? He who overcomes the world by adhering faithfully to Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior will inherit these things, and I will be his God. And he will be my son. But as for the cowards and unbelieving and, un and abominable, those who are devoid of character and personal integrity and practice or tolerate immorality and murderers and sorcerers, 
with intoxicating drugs and idolaters and occultists who practice and teach false religions and all the liars who knowingly deceive and twist truth, well, their part will be in the lake that blazes with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Amen. We heard that over here in Revelation 20, verse 14. This lake of fire is the second death. Oh, beloved. We all better wake ourselves right on up. If we choose to reject Jesus, we will lose our souls. We will, we will completely lose our souls. Because we see in Romans 5, 9, a final warning comes from Paul. Where he wrote, since therefore, okay, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. Amen. We are to choose life in Christ or separation from God for all time when the time for repentance and grace and mercy and love will be long gone. Beloved, are you ready to meet the king of glory are you truly ready to meet the living god our our resurrected king are you ready because beloved we better be ready oh we better be ready oh father christ jesus says come come by your grace and your patience your your long suffering you have given humanity more than enough time to come to their senses as they ought to and stop sinning. The invitation in Matthew eleven twenty-eight, 28, Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He will give us eternal life. Rest from all of this religious dogma. John 6, 44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. Amen. Yes, Holy Spirit. Many hear the wooing and drawing of you father but they resist it they don't come we are to come immediately i know for me my hand is raised i dragged my feet i dragged my feet and many don't even come at all at all so we know from john 6 65 Jesus is saying for this reason I have I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted him from the father Amen 
Lord Jesus also says in John 6.37, All that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will certainly not cast out. Amen. So, Father, it's not like the invitation has not been given. The problem comes is when people reject. Reject the only one that could save them. Father, if we come over to the book of John chapter 3. Because the Christ tells us. He tells us all about why people reject him. John 3. Once we get past our loving verse 16. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world. That he even gave his one and only begotten son. So that whoever believes and trusts in him as savior shall not perish. But have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge and condemn the world, that is, to initiate the final judgment of the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. Whoever believes, verse 18, and here, Father, many just want to stop at verse 16. Whoever, verse 18, John 3, believes and has decided to trust in him as personal Savior and Lord is not judged. For this one, hallelujah, there is no judgment, no rejection, no condemnation. But, but the one who does not believe and has decided to reject him as personal Savior and Lord is judged already that one has been convicted and sentenced why not because the invitation wasn't given it is because he has not believed and trusted in the name of the one and only begotten son of god the one who is truly unique the only one of his kind the the only one, Father, who was born of a virgin, your son, the one who alone can save him. Well, verse 19 tells us the judgment of the one who rejects your one and only begotten son. This is the judgment that is the cause for indictment, the test by which people are judged. The basis, the basis for the sentence is this. The light, capital L, has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light. For their deeds were evil. For every wrongdoer hates the light. Verse 20, Father, I'm so glad verse 20 is here. It's telling us that sinners who reject Jesus hates him. As if he did something to them. Let's find out, Father, why they hate Jesus so much. For every wrongdoer hates 
the light and does not come to the light but shrinks from it for fear that his sinful, worthless activities will be exposed and condemned. Amen. That's why. Mm -hmm. Right here, Father. This is why people hate Jesus. Not that he did anything to them personally, but would die for their sins, taking on the penalty for our wrongdoings, our transgressions, our iniquities, diverting your wrath from us unto him. And yet people reject Jesus. Jesus without reason they cannot give you a proper reason for rejecting the only one that can save their wretched lying souls verse 21 but okay those who got some common sense but it actually says but whoever practices truth and does what is right morally ethically spiritually comes to the light so that his works may be plainly shown to be what they are accomplished in god divinely prompted done with god's help in dependence on him amen oh father this day and age in which we are living in, it is rife with sin and sinners who reject Jesus Christ. And sadly, your wayward children, your lights have gone rogue. They got themselves entangled and ensnared and enslaved by sin all over again. They love this present world. They are not crucifying their flesh. Now at one time they were complete loyal and devoted to Jesus. They got themselves around bad company and were influenced by the pleasures and treasures of this world and became corrupt. They, they are following in the footsteps of Balaam. Father, I pray that this message reach the ears of your children and the lost. We must be faithful. We must be obedient, godly. Because there's coming a day that you have already set a day of judgment. That's why in your long suffering, you are calling men everywhere to repentance because you have set a day in which Christ Jesus will judge the inhabited world in righteousness. He has been destined for this task. And you gave the world credible proof that Jesus will be judged by raising him from the dead. Christ Jesus is very much alive, sitting at your right hand, interceding for the saints. And one day, and one day soon, all of this is going to be over. And we will all step into eternity, 
time as we know it will be no more. Christ Jesus will be the king and ruler of the earth. And you will create a new earth, a new heavens. Oh, Father, we look forward to that day. But we must get past the horror and the terror that your wrath is. May we remain faithful to the end so that the end of our steadfast faith is salvation. Then we will be all the way saved, glorified. Oh, Father, thank you for your mercy and your teachings. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. I love you, beloved. Please stop the foolishness. Get on board quickly. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Get on board. Time is running out. Christ Jesus is on his way back. This is not a game. It's not funny. It's not cute to be thrown in that lake of fire. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Lord willing. I love you, beloved. Until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bless the Lord. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.